Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode number 23 of the Elysium Project podcast, Overcoming Porn Addiction with Ehana. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is share our content on social media. It's free to do so. If you want to take it a step further, please consider supporting us on Patreon by heading to www.elysiumproject.tv and clicking the big Patreon button at the bottom of the page. There you'll get access to our official project supporter zone and we will mail out a personalized gratitude package right to your doorstep. Today I'm speaking with Alana Parekh. I met Alana at the 2019 Canada Fruit Festival where she was a guest speaker presenting her journey in overcoming porn addiction. You can find Alana's work online at www.aahana.org where she has links to all her social media as well as her online course to guide people through their journey in overcoming pornography. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Totally. So this is a really interesting issue that our especially generation is facing today. Um, We were talking a little bit before the show, and I have yet to do an episode on this, so this will be the first. And today we are talking about um, porn and sex addiction. So Yeah. Yeah, I met you at the at the fruit festival. Kind of came up to you. You were doing some workshops there. I'll let you get into sort of your story, introducing yourself and what you talk about on your social media channels and and so forth. Sure. Um, yeah. So um, I run a YouTube channel called Ahana, and then I also have like an Instagram account. That's where I share um, just my content and everything. And I have been um, struggling with porn and with um, masturbation for a really long time. Mm. And it wasn't until like two to three years ago that I came across this like no fat movement on YouTube. (laughs) And I started watching people's um, videos about it and I got inspired to try it. And after I decided to cut porn and masturbation out of my life, um, I just noticed that a lot of things started to change. I transformed in a really meaningful way and I saw, and I, and I was able to see finally how um, those things were impacting my relationships, my confidence, my drive in life, my mood and everything. So I started um, documenting my journey in eliminating porn and masturbation on YouTube. And um, those videos got um, some popularity. And so I decided to just keep going with that. And that's pretty much what I make content about. But I also make content about like relationships and lifestyle and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I think what you touched on there, what I've really sort of recognized through my journey with this, very very similar struggles is how much it really it's all addictions are really just hijacking those those dopamine reward pathways in our brain and 
you know, this is a, although this issue may for some people seem a little taboo to talk about, I think it's really important to talk about because myself and you were kind of the, the first of this generation that's been raised with this unlimited access to the internet and, and technology that way, which is on one hand, a good thing, but on the other hand, you know, there's unlimited pornography and the ability these dating apps where you can just swipe through people and it's very like what this show is all about is sort of uh living in harmony with our, our sort of natural way that we were raised on this planet and this this what we what we're experimenting with here is very uh very bizarre yeah Absolutely it is. And I think what I think what is most interesting is that it seems like like you said, it's a very taboo thing kind of still to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yet I don't think I know one person who's never seen porn. Hmm. It's like it's like it's taboo to talk about, yet apps like almost everyone has seen it or like knows what it is or is watching it. It's like yeah so many people are doing it so why not talk about it (laughs) there's a there's a ted talk on on youtube i think it's called the great porn experiment or something and he's talking about how porn has particularly for for young boys in in terms of his talk anyways but in terms of how that's affected people and what you said there with you know nobody not watching porn when they're doing these these sort of tests they couldn't find a control group of of young men who didn't watch porn right (laughs) right and and it's and it's interesting because i do think that we are very sexual creatures Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes um like the message of eliminating porn can get confused with like um Mm -hmm saying that sexuality is bad or something but in reality like sexuality is really important and it's like and we are very sexual creatures and that's why porn is such an epidemic it's because Mm. it like it preys on a need that everyone does have like everyone is sexual but like getting the false version of what we're supposed to like what that desire is supposed to lead us to, we're getting like the false version of it with porn and sex, sometimes with sex and everything. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's um, like you said there, it's because it's taboo that it's, it's repressed and not really something where our society has, has traditionally spoken about. So therefore, you know, when, when you try and push something down like that, it's going to rear its head in other ways. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, and it and it's a, uh, it, it. I think if you find it before age like eleven, I think, which a lot of people have. Like I found mm. it when I was seven years old, mm. and I know people who have found it even younger than that. And I think if you find it at that age, it really just it completely changes your development. It completely changes your, like what you're attracted to and how you think about relationships and how you think about sex. And I don't know, it's, it's like, 
there was a there was an interview I saw recently with Kanye West, and he was talking about how when he was younger, he he like found his dad's porn magazines or something, and how that moment kind of changed his life and and he always had that energy in all of his music up until recently because he like found Jesus and everything Mm. but but it was just interesting to hear him talk about that because I think that it's so true it's like when you find it as a kid it completely puts you on a different path in your whole life you know Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of brainwashes you and sets your your tone for how you view sexuality versus, you know, maybe a more healthy approach. Yeah, definitely. So you were talking about kind of taking part in that no fat movement um, where people are abstaining from masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, let's go into a little bit more about that, about what maybe some of the things that you personally noticed when you made that transition and kind of as you're talking about before the show how that affects relationships love intimacy and all that kind of thing yeah so I remember when I first um found no fat videos I was mainly seeing men making them and so I didn't really take it that seriously I just figured that it was like just a guy thing but then I saw this one woman making nofab videos too. And her channel is called Kasumi Chris. I don't know if you've heard of her or not. But she's, she's a, like a very popular uh, female YouTuber and um, nofab YouTuber. And so she really inspired me to start out with it because she noticed all these benefits in her life, like more confidence, more energy, more... Um, just like more joy on a day-to-day basis. And so I tried to do it and I didn't really know that I even had a problem because I think porn, it is seen as very normal and very natural. Yeah. Um, but when I started doing it, I realized that I had an issue because it was so hard for me to stop and I couldn't make it past like a week. I just, I just mm-hmm. like... <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, yeah, I mean, at first I was really angry. Like I would say the first month or two of, of NoFap, I was very irritable, very like frustrated. And I felt like I was denying myself something that was good. Like I was denying myself pleasure and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like there was something in me that that did feel kind of at peace, which is what made me stick with it. Because like, even though I was frustrated and angry, I could tell that my heart was still kind of at peace because mm-hmm. I wasn't watching it and everything. And so it, so yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, I noticed that it, it changed the types of people who I, I was attracted to. And it taught me a lot about um, like old patterns in my past relationships that I think were a result of like, lo- like a built something that's built on lust. I started, I just started mm-hmm. to like, I started to realize that porn and masturbation had kind of been influencing what I was attracted to 
and what the dynamic of my relationships were. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really overwhelming at first when you realize just how much those things have influenced your life, you know? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking back to, uh, I mean, I myself, <clears throat> uh, I guess, I don't know, must have been about five years ago, sort of identified myself without anyone telling me. I was like, well, I feel like I'm a sex addict. So I went through that whole uh, 12 step, um, you know, Sex Addicts Anonymous. And, and just, it's such, as you talked about earlier, it's really challenging because sex is this natural drive and in fact a very healthy thing when expressed properly so i think it's so difficult because it's it's different than a substance addiction whereas like if it's alcohol or or you know whatever drug you can you can just kind of cut it out of your life say no that doesn't you know benefit me but yeah. with sex trying to find what is healthy i remember that and still, you know, it doesn't stop. Like, what is healthy versus you know, that whole lust versus love type thing? Have you have you um ever heard of the book Cupid's Poisoned Arrow? I have not. It is an excellent book. I highly recommend it. But she she really talks about everything you're saying, and she um she kind of comes to this conclusion that it's not necessarily sex that is addictive, but it's orgasm, specifically orgasm. Right. And that um, she kind of advocates for this lifestyle called Carreza, or I think it's how you pronounce it. It might be Carreza, but the, it's, a, it's basically an orgasm-free lifestyle where you're mm. still having sex and everything, and you can even still masturbate, but you cannot orgasm hmm. and and it's like well why not <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like when i first heard about it it just seemed so like dumb like like if i'm <laughs> sex or if i'm masturbating like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yeah. not do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but when you read her book, she it really gets you thinking and it really shows you how um, how really it's orgasm. It's like orgasm is what the is that is where the dopamine hit is, mm, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. like um, she talks about how an orgasm kind of mimics the same dopamine pattern in the brain as a lot of hard drugs like mm. it. It releases a bunch of dopamine all at one time and that your brain um, it takes two weeks to replenish those dopamine stores back again so and and usually people are not waiting two weeks to have another orgasm yeah. they're like yeah. continuously like putting themselves in dopamine debt kind of yeah yeah and then that really impacts your perception of your relationship, of your partner, of your life. It, it makes you depressed because you don't have enough dopamine to release during the smaller moments in life, like seeing yeah. the sunrise, taking a walk, like doing normal things. You're supposed to be getting like a steady release of dopamine throughout the day, like just yeah. through being healthy, you know? But um, 
but but her her book was very interesting to me and and it taught me a lot about um relationships and intimacy and and what like you said like what healthy sex really looks like in a relationship and it got me questioning like okay well what it what would sex be like if neither partner was having orgasms and it completely changes the whole experience because it's it's like mm. you're not you're not kind of trying to reach any goal you're just having an experience and it mm. and it's like a it's like you're playing with the energy, you know? It's like you can take your guys' self up to like before orgasm then go back down and then you kind of naturally start exploring more parts of the body with the other person because yeah. you can orgasm. It's like the whole body is the sex organ and you start to really take more time with like everything and it becomes like this full-bodied experience, you know? That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> Cupid's poison arrow is the name of yes, the book? Yes, Cupid's poisoned arrow. Okay. Now, I have not achieved that lifestyle, I'm just going to say, <laughs> because I, it's really hard. It's really, really hard yeah. to not let yourself do that. But I, I guess that would be very, you know, in line with maybe more of the tantra of uh i i don't know i haven't really studied that a lot but i know that some of that involves you know withholding that that energy of the orgasm and channeling it into into other creative drives and so forth right yeah and i love what you were saying about the dopamine there that was a really what good way of putting it um because <clears throat> that is absolutely so true um the, I recently in January, I did what's called, some people call it like a dopamine fast where I was really just trying to abstain from anything that was going to overexcite me and lead to that, you know, that giddy feeling of having that dopamine release. And I did that for three weeks, you know, I'm not perfect, but I did my best to kind of avoid certain activities that would lead to that. And just, yeah, the amount of peace that I felt even after only a few days of that, because your, your dopamine levels are really self-regulating. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of the sort of what you're talking about in the sexually, like we're, we're not looking for sex, we're looking for the orgasm. Mm -hmm. I know that I really struggled as well with the whole online dating app thing. Like we have Tinder now and whatnot, where you can literally just swipe through people all day long and if you live in a city like you and I do it's just it's really it's really bizarre really abstract to human nature um I don't know if you've ever read the book or heard of the book Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari I've heard of it I've heard yeah. of it I've been wanting to read it because I hear it's amazing it's a really good book and it really helps put things into perspective as to why humanity is at where we're at I mean, for tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, actually, we were evolving in small groups of like 100, 150 people. And then really in recent history, we've just exploded into all these really unnatural ways of living in cities. And now we have technology and just how that has really, maybe, maybe we need to re-question what we're doing as, as a species in terms of taking over this planet and believing that it's progress. 
I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, I mean, I, I do think that there is like an agenda behind porn and behind mm. like you know, all these apps and everything. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely a reason why it's so easily accessible and why you can, why it's pretty much free too. You know, it's like, you can right. get, you can watch porn for free. You don't even have to pay, you can pay for it, but you don't even have to do that. And mm -hmm. I don't know, like they, it's, they say that the porn industry is um, the most, is, is like the, the most money making industry in the world. Like it, like the whole sex industry more yeah. than it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's, well, um, you're, yeah, you're totally true. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an industry and therefore a business. So yeah, the agenda is to, you know, get, as you say, it is free, but the backbone of it is based off of making money. So it's to get people to keep coming back. Um, and I, this is kind of, I'm verging off topic, I think a little bit here, but I think this is interesting as it pertains to sort of what we're talking about. Um, so there's this, there, this uh, computer science professor, I, can't, I think he was from MIT, his name's BJ Fogg. And he taught these classes in the early 2000s to a lot of like um, technology prodigies, like the founders of Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And he would teach them like how to use technology to influence the minds of a coming generation. And it wasn't necessarily, it's not like he's a malicious, bad person or anything. It's so creepy. But yeah. still he was teaching the psychology of using something like what would become Instagram to affect how, the, <laughs> like to, to change, change our brains. And it's, it's just crazy that we have these apps like Facebook and Instagram and Tinder and they advertise like oh you can you know you'll have all these friends but what they don't say is that they're literally rewiring our brains so that when we log on Instagram we see how many hearts we have like that's giving us a dopamine rush and it's just it, it it's really it's really crazy and that's why we're having this conversation today because it needs to be talked about nothing is more um aggressive in that in that sense of hijacking those dopamine pathways than pornography absolutely and and i personally feel like it's a it's a battle between like well i don't know how conspiracy theory you want to get but it's like <laughs> Go for I, it. I just yeah. i just feel like it's a like they are targeting kids, you know, like yeah. the porn industry, like they're, I don't believe that their main goal is to cater to like adult audiences. I think that mm. they are trying to get to kids and mm. that's why so many people I've talked to have seen porn in childhood, have seen it mm -hmm. when they were kids, like, and the fact that that's so common to have seen porn before age 11 years old, like, why is that so common? You know, it, it's yeah. kind of, like, it must be, like, there must be a reason for why, like, like clearly something's going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, 
I, I really believe that they, I think that the world kind of runs on a sex trafficking industry and there's so many, there's so many, um, young women and children who go missing all the time. And I think mm. that it's, and then, I don't know, then you can talk about the pedophiles in Hollywood and yeah. everything. It's, it's, there's just so, it's, everything is like so tied together. And it's yeah. like when you stop watching porn and when you get control of your sexuality, you kind of take your power back. You, you mm. kind of like unplug yourself from this, really toxic um infrastructure you know yeah what are some of the steps that someone can take if they're looking to get off of porn or just sort of re as you said reclaim that power back what do you think is the the best approach i i think the best approach is to not make it about porn like not even to make it about what you're trying to get rid of but just think about the life that you are trying to create for yourself like think about like because usually people start off on a certain path and then porn or sex or masturbation kind of takes them off this path that they were already kind of started on mm. and i think mm -hmm. it's all about just finding your way back on the original path you were on like yeah like what were you doing for fun before you ever were exposed to porn and sex and masturbation? Hmm. And usually it's always something creative, like, like kids before they discover that kind of stuff, they're into like drawing and coloring and dancing and singing and, yeah. or like being house or whatever. It's like, you're, you're kind of like developing your, your gifts at that age and and then porn kind of comes along and hijacks you and takes you off this path that you were already on so it's like when you get rid of porn it's not even about the porn it's just about trying to like figure out like like who you who you actually are you know without this influence totally but, um, yeah <clears throat> yeah i love that so another one of the recovery groups that I was part of was called Smart Recovery, and they used um, cognitive behavioral-based therapy tools to, to uh, help anyone with any addiction. And one of their tools is called A Vital Absorbing Creative Activity. And it's basically just functioning off the idea that if you're going to get rid of um, any addiction, you need to you need to replace it with some wholesome, you know, creative activity that you, you love doing. And there's actually, there's, have you heard of the website feed the right wolf? No. Okay. So it's a, it's run by a couple of guys who help people get off porn addiction. And it comes from this uh, native American sort of proverb or something, you know, you can, you just have to choose which wolf you want to feed. Right. And if you feed that, that <laughs> the right wolf so to speak with those, those wholesome activities that those creative interests which um porn really sucks that energy out of you so if you replace that then you know that's kind of i found that to be a tremendous which is what i'm doing with my podcast right is like yeah. creating this new creative um venture 
So. Absolutely. Definitely. Nice. That was an awesome conversation, Alana. I really liked it. Yeah, that was great. Sweet. So if people want to find you, I think you already mentioned it, but just say it again, what your sort of YouTube and Instagram and whatnot is. Yeah. Um, so on YouTube, I am Ahana, A-A-H-A-N-A. And then on Instagram, I am Wanalana. So it's like um, W-A-N-N underscore A underscore L-A-N-A, Wanalana. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, and yeah, I, I could definitely, me. I think there's a few conversations in there we could, we could get into on some other podcasts. So maybe we'll have you back. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you like what you just heard, the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode on social media with your friends. And as always, if you want to take it a step further, we really appreciate any and all of you who support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.